Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. In 2012, Jesse was one of the 20 children murdered in the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre in Newtown, Connecticut. He helped save the lives of many of his classmates. He actually encouraged all of them to run, and he helped them get out the door, and then he decided to stay behind and protect his teacher. Jesse was six years old. Both he and his teacher were murdered. Before he went to school that day, he wrote on a chalkboard. He wrote the words, nurturing, healing, and love. His mom discovered the words after she found out her beloved child had been murdered. Scarlett is Jesse's mother. And Scarlett recognize that maybe her child had a message for her. Nurturing, healing, and love. Now, while many of the parents went to extreme anger and blame and, and just absolute rage about this experience, Scarlet was angry. But instead of translating her anger to blame and hatred, she decided to listen to her son. And so she channeled her anger into something that could change the world. She decided to start a foundation called the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Foundation, whose mission is to create awareness in our children and our communities that we can choose love over anger, gratitude over entitlement, and forgiveness and compassion over bitterness. Her efforts in advancing love in the world is what helped heal her from this terrible tragedy. Nurturing means loving kindness and gratitude. Healing means forgiveness. And love is compassion and action. She realized that love, connection, and belonging are are what us humans, what we need. We all need love, we all need connection, we all need belonging. And perhaps if the shooter had experienced that, this tragedy might not have happened. And so she made it her mission to educate people in nurturing, healing, and love. And the beautiful thing is that her organization has touched 2 million children in 111 countries, over 10,000 schools since she started the organization, right? 
And it makes me think about, I used to work at Stanford University. I worked there for 10 years. And there was a professor there named Dr. Fred Luskin. You might have heard of him. He started the Forgiveness Project. And he's a professor that teaches about forgiveness. And Dr. Fred Luskin said, if you can view your mind as your house, it can teach you to control how much space you rent to your wounds and grievances. You are the proprietor. You set the rent. I read another quote from a a woman named Luptia Herman, and she said, you know why it's hard to be happy? It's because we, we, we refuse to let go of the things that make us sad. Now think about Jesse's story. And think about Scarlett's story. What did their stories tell about them? And what does your story tell about you? What's the power in the story? What's the stories about your past that you continue to tell? And what stories are victim stories? And what stories are hero stories? Now, a lot of us want to be the hero in our stories, and yet we tell the victim story. I have this exercise that I do sometimes in my classes, and it's called three minutes of your life. And what I do is I partner people up and they have three minutes to tell their life story. And what's really interesting is oftentimes people tell their life story and then afterwards they're like, why did I say that story? Why did I tell this? I mean, you only have three minutes. You have to pick and choose what you're going to talk about. So why did you say that story and what was it about? Now, I'm going to be doing a very short version of that exercise tonight um, on the Sunday evening experience because we're going to be talking more about rewriting our stories this evening. But the interesting thing is that what we narrate and the way we narrate our stories actually shapes our life. Ernest Holmes said, this is the story of your life. Just keep right on knocking at the doorway of your consciousness until every no becomes a yes, until every negation an affirmation, until every fear becomes a faith. See, we have all kinds of stories. We have fiction stories, we have fill-in-the-blank stories, make-believe stories, we have choose-your-own-adventure stories. We have all kinds of stories. We make up stories about everything. We're meaning-making machines. We make up stories about how that, why that person's walking down the street and what they're thinking about us, what our boss meant when they said a certain thing to us. We make stories about the look that I got in their eyes because I couldn't see their face. We make stories up about everything. And the meaning that we make up changes who we are. And the meanings that we tell other people affect our lives. Lori Gottlieb is a therapist, and she did a TED Talk. I encourage you to look it up. It's called Change Your Story, Change Your Life. And she says, we assume assume that our circumstances shape our stories. 
But what I found time and time again in my work is the exact opposite happens. The way we narrate our lives shapes what they become. So if that's true, maybe you might want to edit a story that you've been telling about your life. There might be something that you might want to change or shift. See, once we edit our stories, the next chapter becomes easier to write. But part of getting to know ourselves sometimes is getting to unknow ourselves. Sometimes we have to unlearn what we used to be in order to create who we want to be. And we have to let go of our stories in order to create the new one. And that means we got to change. It also means we have to change our words about ourselves. And whenever our lives change, we tell a story about it. We're always telling the story. If something's coming up in our lives, we talk to our friends and our family. We tell them what's going on. If you meet somebody you knew, you tell them the story of how you came to be who you are today. And I wonder, where are you in your story? Are you the hero? Are you the victim? Are you the wrongdoer? Are you the observer? Are you just the innocent bystander? And who do you want to be? Edwin Gaines talks about this in her book. I'm doing a four-month series uh, with the Thrive uh, Committee, a free series, free workshops. We've been doing them for three months. So next month, July 20th, we're doing month four of our four-month Thrive series. But we're using this book by Edwin Gaines, The Four Spiritual Laws of, of Prosperity. And she has this amazing story in the book. And in the book, she talks about the importance of reframing our stories. One thing that you may not know, you've probably heard about Edwin Gaines, she's very successful. But one thing you may not know about her is that she was sexually abused from the time she was four months old to four years old, so badly that she almost died several times. She had a hard time dealing with the effect. Can you imagine? She had a hard time dealing with it, and her self-esteem was really affected by this experience that she had when she was younger. And she really wanted to have a thriving life of possibility, a life where she was free and abundant and prosperous. And yet she kept telling this story and one day she went to a class and she bumped into a, you know, a teacher and she started telling her story because she really didn't know what to do. She was really unhappy with her life. And when she bumped into this teacher, the teacher called her out on her act. And he said to her, because she started telling her story about how this happened to her. And this is a terrible story. I mean, it's really, it's really, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> doesn't get much more worse than that. But when she started telling her story, he said, listen, this victim stuff has gone far enough. Stop it. 
He said it's really a drag. And as a matter of fact, it's boring the tears out of the rest of us. Now, I don't know about you, but that seemed kind of harsh. Uh, but, you know, he, he didn't stop there. Now, of course, she was shocked. She was like, how dare you? And he said, I'm not giving you the poor baby response. I want you to heal your childhood trauma. And the way you're going to heal it is by telling a new story. And I'm going to give it to you. I want you to try it on. He said, here's your new story. You came to this planet to be a woman of power. Your soul chose this pathway. And because you chose it, you also chose to take an initiation in the misuse of power at a very young age. During this initiation, you learned what it feels like when power is misused and it is horrible. Therefore, it is now safe for you to be a woman of power in this world because you now know that you would never misuse or abuse this power. And in this process, you have gained the most valuable of all spiritual gifts. You have gained an understanding heart in this world. At first, Edwin was really angry. But she did try on the story. And the more she tried it on, the more she liked not being the victim, and the more she liked being the woman of power. And he said, you know, in order for you to have that as your story, you need to start telling it. You need to let that old story go. And so she did. And the more she told her story, the more she realized she was the hero, the heroine of her own experience, her own journey. And she could be a woman of power and show other people how to be standing in their power, not allowing their past to prevent them from being who they can be. It allowed her to feel powerful rather than helpless. And it, gave, it allowed her to give up the role of victim. Are you playing the role of victim in any of your stories? If a fight breaks out at every bar you're going to, you might be playing the victim. It might be you. If every single relationship you've had, the person always cheats on you, it might be you. If you are upset because all the people in the world are mean and not treating you right, it might be you. There's a common denominator between all of these things. And if you notice, in the different stories of your life, there's a string of commonality. It might be you. But don't worry. 
you can change that story. You don't have to be limited by the stories of your past. You can choose to shift and change it and create a new story of who you are. I would encourage you to boldly take on a new story for your life. But that means that you gotta give up who you've been. That means you gotta let it go. And if you let go of your story, who are you? If you let go of your attachments, your old belief systems, your control, who are you? You are who you decide that you are. Who you choose to be. You get to create a new story. You get to be the writer, the author of your story. And it doesn't matter what you've said in the past because you can choose differently. I read an article by a woman named Robin Castanelli who's the CEO of Castle and Spark, a cognitive storytelling firm called See the River. And she talks about going kayaking. She says, when I first learned to kayak, I kept banging my boat into rocks. I said to my husband, I am hitting every single freaking rock on this river. She was so mad. And he said, well, you need to stop looking at those rocks. And she noticed that she really feared hitting the rocks and she would obsess over them and she would stare at them and as she was staring at them, she would just plow herself right into them. She would actually cause it to happen. Now we all tend to obsess over things that we're afraid of. And it could be a nuclear war, it could be a fight with your child. But the problem is, she says, in life on the river, that the boat goes where our eyes go. So when you read lots of stories or tell lots of stories about how things, how bad things are likely to be, you literally make that bad thing more likely. But therein lies the secret to changing this pattern. See the river, not the rocks. Instead of obsessing over the things that could go wrong, why don't you obsess over the things that could go right? Why don't you tell the stories of all the possibilities of what could happen? What are all the amazing opportunities out there that could be happening right now? Tell the stories to the people you're with. Tell them to your friends. Tell them to your family. Talk about the open river ahead of you. What's possible? What could be? You see, we have a natural tendency to look at the rocks. Make it a practice then to look at the river. So if you want to rewrite your story, you need to tell it from the perspective of the river. The rocks are still there. The river is there too. You get to choose. What is the narrative? What are you choosing to tell people about? One thing that I think is really important is to think about the hero's journey. You see, we don't 
want to deny the suffering or the setbacks that are happening. It's not, don't deny that there's rocks there. Don't say, oh, there's no rocks, they're not real. Well, that's not true, there are rocks, they are real. But think about the setbacks and the suffering and who you became as a result of it. I love talking about the hero's journey because I think about the, the hero's journey is actually a circular journey. The hero starts here, uh, hits a setback, hits another setback, hits another setback, right? Um, has a crazy thing that they have to accomplish and then they've achieved it and then they come back to the beginning. It's a circle, but it's actually a spiral. <laughs> because the hero, when the first setback happens, the hero has to shift and change who they are or they have to look inside and find out the qualities, the divine qualities that have them stand in their truth or their power or their love in order to surpass that setback. And then they go through the next challenge and difficulty and the difficulty and challenge is real. It's actually happening. The job loss, the pandemic, all of that is happening. But who is the hero in this journey? Who are they becoming? What do they become as a result of it? And as they step through each of those journeys and the path, there becomes the climactic moment in the story. The demons, the devils, the dragons that they either fight or become friends with in order to transmute that challenge into something miraculous. And then at the end of the day, when they come back home, they come back a different person because of the journey that they went on. And so they come back to the same place, but they have changed who they are because of the journey that they went on. So what is your story that you're telling? What I want you to do is think about a story right now that's not serving you well. I know we all have them. You don't have to tell it to anybody. Just think about it in your head. What is a story you might have right now that's not serving you? It might be about yourself. It might be about the situation you're in. It might be about a circumstance or a person in your life. And I want you to think about who is actually supporting you in this story that's not serving you. Like, if you're playing the victim and they're like, you are the victim, let's all get mad about it. Do you wanna keep that energy going? Or do you wanna shift and change your story? If you wanna shift and change your story, what if, just what if, what if you, decided to write that story from another person's point of view. Let's say it's the perspective of somebody who admires you, somebody who is inspired by who you are, somebody who's uplifted by how you are in the world. What would they say about that story? What would they say? Or maybe it's a spiritual teacher or a guru what would they say about that story? Think about that. Maybe you could shift and change the story instead of being from the victim perspective, you could 
Speak about it as if you're speaking about it from the perspective of somebody who is inspired by your journey. Would you be able to see it from a wider perspective? Would you be able to take it on? Would you be able to accept the fact that you perhaps are the hero or the heroine in this story? Would you be willing to speak about it as if you are? Lori Gottlieb says, we get to shape these stories where we're still alive. We get to be the hero and not the victim in our stories. We get to go, we get to choose what goes on the page that lives in our mind and shapes our realities. You see, life is about deciding which stories to listen to because there's nothing more important to the quality of our lives than the stories we tell ourselves about them. And she's right. The one story that we have that's true about all of us is we're all going to die. And at the end of our lives, what are the stories that are going to be told about us? And who's going to be telling those stories? And what are they going to say? And where are they going to get that story except from you? So what story would you want to be told about you when you leave this planet? Fortunately, there was a six-year-old child that can give us some guidance here. Jesse said three things. If you want to rewrite your story, you might think about nurturing, healing, and love. Nurturing means loving kindness and gratitude. Perhaps you can write your story about what you're grateful for as a result of it. And maybe you could be filled with loving kindness towards yourself. Healing means forgiveness. Be willing to forgive and let go of your old story. And three, love is compassion in action. Let love lead the way as you write your new story. So if you're willing to write a new story, today is your day. This is a new moment. You have an opportunity to shift and change who you are by the very words that you speak. And I'm going to speak the words of love. And I'm going to speak about what I'm inspired by instead of what has kept me down. You get to choose what you are writing your story about. It's up to you. Let's pray. I'm so grateful to be here in this space, to recognize and know that the words coming from my mouth and the meditation of my heart, it comes from the creative energy of the divine that is writing its story of its life right here, right now, in and through each and every one of us, that it loved itself so much that it birthed itself into possibility as you and me. 
And so I recognize and know that this is a story of love. It's a love story about who I am in this world and who I choose to be. And so as I choose today to write a new story, I recognize and know that this is a journey of love and healing and compassion. This is a journey of nurturing my soul and nurturing those around me, drawing forth that amazing experience of birthing a new world, a world that works for everyone. And so I choose to be the creator in this story, and I choose to create a way of being so that each and every person belongs, that they are seen, that they are valued, that they know without a doubt that they are sacred and holy beings on this planet. That is what I came here to be, is to be the reflection of the divine in each and every person I meet. And so as I choose that story today, I recognize and know that it goes before me and paves the way. That all of my past built me up to this experience right here and right now. And I know that the gifts, that the revelations are apparent to me now. And I speak about them so that other people may know that they are not alone that this journey is a journey of discovery, this journey is a journey of up-levelment, of upliftment, that this is a journey of lifting our lives, of recognizing of who we can be, who we came here to be. And so I choose to be a stand for love. I choose to be a stand for peace. I choose to be a stand for freedom. And I choose to know that all the stories of all the past people in my life have contributed to this place where I can be a representation of that on this planet right here right now and as I say this for myself I say this for everybody who is watching here today knowing that we are that reflection I claim it I know it I accept it I embody it I am it I surrender to it I take it in and I am grateful for it it is sacred love And it is me right here, right now. And I let it go. And I let it be. And I know it is already done. And so it is. Thank you. Thank you.